Craig, Craig, you're late. It's 9.15. Church is starting. Uh, what time? It's 9.15. Oh, crumbs. I'm meant to be leading it. Simon's going to go mad. Oh, dear. Um, pa pass me a laptop. Is there a laptop somewhere? Oh, here we go. It's fine. I'll do the, I'll do church from, from the bed. I'm sure other people have done it. Ugh, right. Hello. Oh dear, let me just uh, find uh, some glasses. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, can I look something this morning? It is a real joy to have you join us for Sunday worship, for Sunday online as Christchurch Winchester. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Craig and I am the new curate here. It's, an, it's been and it is an absolute joy uh, to serve here uh, and to uh, follow Jesus with you guys uh, every day as we uh, seek to serve him uh, and find the last, the least and the lost during these days of uh, COVID-19. So we've got an exciting uh, service today. I will get out of bed. Uh, I promise uh, I'm, I haven't spent the whole a uh, few weeks in bed uh, doing my emails um, but we've got a question for you this morning where have you seen God at work maybe you've seen him in nature I don't know about you but it seems that the uh, the bees uh, are buzzing louder and the birds are singing more brightly the flowers are certainly looking like uh, they've come out in full 4k uh, and HD for us at the moment it seems as if nature is caring for us during these uh, uncertain times. But it'd be really great if, as we gather this morning, if we could start by just pausing and reflecting where we have seen God in both the big bits, but also in the small bits. So if you could uh, have a think, put a comment in the uh, box uh, on Facebook, which will either be down here or down here, and just share with the wider community where have you seen God at work this week? We will read them, we read all the responses uh, and we will like them and love them uh, and they will nourish us as a community of saints as we gather uh, uh, today and as we continue to serve God this week. So as you're getting on with that, just to share with you what we've got today, we've got the wonderful George uh, who will be preaching for us on the story of the road to Emmaus. We've got two wonderful stories from Helen Finch's family uh, and also from the Evansons family who are going to be sharing about how they're finding life uh, uh, doing community at the moment. And we've also got a story from Eric who received a very special letter this week. All that to come. There's still time to grab a coffee but uh, and as you do that uh, we will go and hear Helen's Finch's story now. So over to you, Helen. Hello, I'm Helen. I've been asked to tell you a little bit about the initiative we've set up um, for our community in Oliver's Battery. It was after a conversation Joe Turner and I had with Craig Philbrick on that last, um, what should we call it, non-remote service we had in the evening. Craig uh, had talked about 
um, an initiative that was called Viral Kindness, and we liked that and we wanted to implement that along our street. But we wanted to uh, include lots of people. So we decided, um, that's Jo and all of her family, uh, to, to do a sort of initiative that Marianne Foster had done over in Oliver's Battery Road South and to pick up a little bit on something also that another member of the congregation, Helen Calder, um, had set up, was in the process of setting up an initiative for Winchester Village. So we um, did a pamphlets. Let me show you our pamphlet. And we did a leaflet drop to about 104 homes along our road um, and, and slightly wider neighborhood. And uh, basically on that flyer you might have seen was, was the contact number for the street mobile and information on how to use us. Uh, also on the flyer was an opportunity to volunteer. In the following few days we got 10 um, volunteers to join the helpers WhatsApp group and um, we had telephone handlers, now that included Rachel and Sam Turner and other friends. We would take it in turns to hold the street mobile, take calls and then field these calls to our helpers via the WhatsApp group that they were all members of. We'd put on things like number 56 needs shopping from Sainsbury's and almost before that had been entered on the WhatsApp group we'd have a response saying I'll take that one. And this has been going now for two weeks. Um, and it's been great to work with our, our friends on this and hope it will be used over the weeks and months to come. There you go. As you can see, I'm now out of bed and I want to thank Helen Finch for sharing your fantastic tale of community in your local area. May Jesus continue to bless you in all that you are doing for him there. Please do continue to share your stories with us. We love to hear what you, the saints, are doing during these uncertain times. Do send them to the office at office at ccwinch.org.uk. Do also like our Facebook page as it's a great way to stay in touch and to share the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ at Christchurch. So there's still time to go and get dressed or to make a coffee, but please do share this service with your friends. Do it right now. Maybe host a watch party or why not send them the link in a text message. I, like many of you, probably started going to church because we were invited. Now we're going to hear the marvellous story from the Evans family about how they are finding life in this season. Hi, my name's Heather. Um, me and my family have been coming to Christchurch for quite a few years now. Um, and. Simon just asked me to say a bit about what's going on in our house. 
so here we are um so before covid19 perry my husband had a complicated health history and lots of things had happened up and down then last september he had a stroke and so things were a bit tricky at home and then when the lockdown was announced we knew we had to shield perry so since then the four of us so isaac and kerry ann and myself have been staying at home we've just go out to walk the dog and we're at home and in the garden and we've had great care from the nhs and they've been sending a nurse every day to give Perry antibiotics. And this is Isaac. Hi. The kids have built a swing in the garden, which has been a nice project. And here's Kerry-Ann and our dog Coco. <laughs> and here's Perry. So, we're at home, shielding. <laughs> and taking all the medicines we're meant to take yeah. and praying you get better. Hey Isaac. Hello. How's COVID-19 affecting you? It's great. I get loads of time in tea, uh, inside. Watch, watch everything on Netflix. Okay. Food coming in the door, it's great. <laughs> hey Carrie ann Hello. How are you finding COVID-19? Um, it's hard, but I think we're all getting through it quite well at the moment. And anything you'd like prayer for? For the NHS workers and for everyone to just stay happy and safe. Amen. Perry, what would you like prayer for? Um, I'd like to pray for my family and uh, I wish them well and safe. And uh, for my neighbours and for my street and uh, for all those people that are working so hard to deliver food and to look after us when we go into hospital. And in our street, we've had an amazing WhatsApp group who have been helping everybody in the street who's on their own, and lots of people who are shielding relatives. This is our street. And we have had a book and DVD exchange. We've had a teddy bear hunt and we've had all our shopping done that we've required. Someone's organised a butcher's van to come and do a delivery. We've had a sing song and we've done all the applause to the NHS. So lots of good things coming out of this difficult time. Please keep praying and we send all our love and blessings to everyone from Christchurch. Good morning, so I'm out of bed now. Uh, and Florence has shown me a wonderful puppet that she's made, or two puppets. What are they called, Florence? Layla and Dayla. Which one's Layla and which one's Dayla? Layla, Dayla. Oh, fantastic. And did you make these, Florence? Yes. How did you make them? Uh, Is this a piece of paper, piece of card? Piece of paper. It started just like paper and then yeah. I folded it. It looks really good. It looks a bit like a snake, I think. No, it does not. Does Daddy like snakes? No. Nope. No, I don't. So Florence, today uh, is a church day, Sunday, online, and we've got lots of exciting things, lots of uh, fun things for us all to watch and to hear. Um, Florence, how have you seen God this week? Have you seen God this week? 
you have. Is there anything you want to be thankful for uh, this week that you've seen God do? <laughs> no, nothing. There's nothing to be thankful for this week. Um, that's okay. I've got things to be thankful for. What? I had a lovely walk yesterday um, in the woods and I just thought, God, uh, your creation is amazing. Uh, and uh, look at these trees and look at the blossom and look at the colours. And I don't know about you guys, but it sounds like uh, that the birds uh, are extra loud this year. It's, it's like creation is caring for us as we deal with uh, the coronavirus uh, in isolation. And uh, I think that might be true. I think God might have switched the volume up a little bit more for us. LeVrance, do you want to say anything to people about your puppets? No? So there's still time for you to go and grab a coffee to get dressed if you're not dressed. Uh, to uh, stay in your pyjamas and enjoy that. Uh, church in pyjamas is brilliant. Um, and coming up, we, we've got a story um, uh, from two uh, families about how they're dealing with the coronavirus. And we're looking forward to hearing them. And this week, I got to speak to Eric, Eric Smith, one of our wonderful uh, parishioners who received a letter from a very important person. Do you know who he received a letter from? No. The Queen. <gasps> the actual queen. Do you know what the actual queen's called? Queen Elizabeth. Oh, fantastic. Is she the first one or the second one? You know, we've had two Queen Elizabeths in this country. What? Yeah, we're on Queen Elizabeth two now. Well, she sent Eric some money and it's very special. And later we will find out why Eric got that, what he got, what he's going to spend it on. Um, and uh, we're going to celebrate as a community uh, all... Uh, that he has brought to us. So there is time to uh, text your friends, maybe text three friends uh, right now and invite them to uh, Sunday online. Tell them that this is the place to be and tell them that they are most welcome. So we're going to head over now our service to Amanda and I pray that you meet with God this morning, however you come, be that in a happy place, a sad place or a place in between. God bless. Good morning. Welcome to our online worship service for Christchurch Winchester. I'd like to give you a big welcome if you're part of our regular congregation, but maybe a friend or someone in your family has invited you to join us online. And if that's you, I'd like to give you a huge welcome. Last week we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday and today Christians all over the world are going to be saying together the words of the Easter acclamation. Alleluia, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, Alleluia. This morning we're going to be looking at one of my favourite stories in the Bible in Luke's Gospel. It's about two people going for a walk, walking out of Jerusalem on the afternoon of that first Easter Sunday. And Luke tells us that they're feeling sad, they're downhearted. And I don't know about you, but I can identify with that at the moment, going out for a walk, feeling a bit down. And then somebody comes to join them on the walk and they don't recognise who it is. It's a bit of a spoiler alert here. It turns out to be Jesus. I don't know how you're experiencing lockdown. We're going to be having a range of different feelings, different 
experiences. Some of us are going to be sad and hurting. Others of us are going to be enjoying spending time at home and enjoying the good weather we've been having. Others of us are going to be exhausted. We've never worked so hard, maybe in a hospital or a care home or in a supermarket. For all of us, there is good news. Jesus is alive. And what I'd like to pray for us this morning, that as we go into our service, each one of us will know the presence of the risen Jesus and hear him speak into our hearts, however old or however young we are. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus' death for us on the cross, so that as we trust in him, we can be forgiven for our sins and be reconciled to God as our Father and become part of your family for all eternity. Lord, we pray that each one of us this morning might know the presence of Jesus and that we will hear his voice speak into our hearts, words of love, words of comfort, words of truth. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're now going to worship in song and we're going to sing in Christ alone and you may like to stand.
Romans 3 verse 23 it says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God so let's pause and ask God to remind us of the things we have done that haven't pleased him we are sorry for the things we have said and done and the things we have failed to say and do Lord please forgive us we are sorry for not recognising Jesus, even when he was walking alongside us. Lord, please forgive us. We are sorry for living by our own strength and not by yours. Lord, please forgive us. Thank you, Lord, that through your sacrifice on the cross, we are forgiven and can boldly approach your throne of grace. Hi everyone. Um, now I imagine over the last week, um, many of us, children especially, but adults too, have been tucking into one of these, maybe even two or three of these. Now I've been in touch with some children from um, our congregation and this morning they're going to answer some questions about their Easter week, but particularly about chocolate. Now Ava, Isaac and Noah, I would love you to know how much chocolate have you eaten over the last week? five pieces. I'd say about a medium-sized Easter egg. I had six chocolates just like this. Sounds like you have been very well behaved and you haven't been eating much chocolate at all. But I'm not sure, I'm entirely convinced. Now this time, imagining parents aren't here, they can't hear you. How much chocolate did you really eat this week? The same, six chocolates just like this. Let me think about this. Um, about a medium-sized Easter egg, a cream eggs, a packet of mini eggs, and some more chocolate. I'm just gonna say nine. Ava, you have been very good. Boys, I hope you didn't eat all that chocolate in one go. Now, my first question is: Do you think there will be chocolate in heaven? Yes, I think there's an Easter egg dispenser. You type in what you want and it pops out the bottom. There are lots of them. I hope so. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, do you know, I hope so too. I love chocolate, so I really hope so. Um, and Noah, I love the idea of there being an Easter egg dispenser. How brilliant would that be? Sounds great. Okay. My final question is, what would be Jesus' favourite chocolate? Light chocolate, um, because he is light. It's mini eggs, because in one packet you can get lots of mini eggs inside the same packet. Very interesting. I don't think he would pick favourites. And it's obviously not going to be dark chocolate, because he is not dark. All very good answers. And um, I wonder what you think at home. And um, thank you so much, Ava, Isaac, and Noah. Um, enjoy eating the rest of your chocolate Easter egg if you have any left. The Griffin family are now going to bring us this morning's reading. And um, the passage we are looking at is Luke 24 13 to 25. 
Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they walked and talked, discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? About Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests are our rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But he, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Ha how foolish you are, and how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. Stay, Stay with, with us, us, for it, it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and begin, began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from sight. We not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Hello everybody, Jack here. Um, thank you so much to the Griffin family for that amazing, amazing reading of the story of the road to Emmaus. And me and Dodger are going to try and explain that story for you now. He's Isda here, he's just sulking um, because I've done something to him that will help explain the story to the kids and adults. Feel free to also listen. I'm sure you'll be able to reach our theological heights. So to get Dodger out of the bag, I think we need to shout his name really loudly. I've got a window open. So if you shout one, two, three, and then we'll all shout Dodger and hopefully he'll come out of the bag. Okay, so are we ready? One, two, three. Was that good enough, Dodger? 
Although they don't, well, yeah, they probably do know it's pre-recorded, but shush, shush, don't ruin the magic. Okay, let's try one more time. One, two, three, dodge Oh, I could hear that. Could you hear that? Yeah, well, let's bring you out anyway. Can anybody see what I've done to Dodger that's made him a bit sad? You're not impressed, are you? So I've blindfolded Dodger. And the reason I've blindfolded Dodger is because... No, it's not because I'm cruel. Don't say that. It's actually because I'm not vindictive. That's a very long word. The reason that I've blindfolded Dodger is, is because I'm a megalomaniac. That's not, that's not a word dogs should know. What have you been... Why, where have you learned that word? Killing you or stuff? The reason that I've actually blindfolded you is to help you with today's story. No, there's no... It's not a story of Jesus healing a blind man. No, no, it's not, not nothing to do with that. In our story, some people couldn't see... Well, maybe they should have gone to spectators. But actually, it was because they were really, really sad. They were so sad that all they wanted to do was go home. They were on the road to Emmaus. And they were really, really upset. Have you ever been that sad? Oh, right, okay, when were you that sad? Oh, right, when I blindfolded you, okay. You're not going to get over that, are you? But they were really sad because Jesus was dead. And it was like everything around them had become new and confusing and scary and weird. A bit like now. A bit like the world we're in now. But then someone comes along and starts to talk to them well yes yes it was jesus but don't 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 ruin that bit um one idea i know it is but and this man explains loads about the bible and who jesus is well yes it maybe is obvious to us that it's jesus but but to them they had no idea because they were so upset they listen and are completely surprised by how much he knows and they want jesus to keep on teaching them so they invite him to go in and have dinner with them. Now, they probably didn't have a lamb passander, um, but what, what they did do is that Jesus broke the bread. And George later will talk a bit more to the adults and to the very clever dogs, obviously, because you're very clever, about what he, he thinks about this whole story and when the, the two men recognise him. But at that moment, when he broke the bread, it was like a blindfold coming, oh, it's quite hard to do in one hand. I'm not gonna explain what I mean by one hand. You can, it's like taking a blindfold off. Oh, there you go. So they could finally see again. Their eyes were open. Can you see? There you go. It's like you could find your fur's actually a bit too long for you to see anyway, aren't you? No, I don't want Yes, I know they're made of plastic anyway, but it doesn't matter. There you go. So you could finally see again. That's better. You could finally see again. It's like a blindfold being taken off. They saw who Jesus really was when he broke that bread. And at the Last Supper, do you remember the Last Supper? Yeah, you remember for that, that story, the amazing work that the kids did in telling you how you eat. The bread represented his body, torn for us. Now, when you tear something, you can't really fix it very easily. You can't super glue bread back together. I mean, you could try, but it wouldn't be very helpful. Jesus was completely broken for us. He seemed unfixable. But then he was raised to life. They were so sad because everything seemed so lost but he was alive right in front of them. So when everything seems a bit scary and a bit sad, where the world looks different to how it might have done a little while ago, we can remember that Jesus is still alive. He is our hope because he conquered death. Well, it means defeated. Okay, well, it means like won, okay? He won death. No. He beat death in a fight. Okay, yeah, you got that. He was broken and died, but he was resurrected for us. So we can have this hope. All we need to do is open our eyes to see who Jesus is. When things are hard, when things are sad, when people blindfold you, you can look to Jesus and know that he is our hope because he beat death.
we can open our eyes to that truth. And that's what happened to those two men on that day. Has that helped? You don't see why we needed the blindfold, okay. We're gonna sing a song now. No, it's not We Are The Cheeky Girls. <laughs> I wasn't singing it in the shower this morning. I wasn't. Don't, no, don't believe him. Don't believe him. We're gonna sing a song called The Splendour of the King. How great is our God. So we're gonna stand together if we can in our homes. We're gonna sing together as one body um, this song of praise. Should we sing? <laughs> Yes. 
Jesus should do to reveal himself to the world as the Son of God? What do you think that he should do? I'll give you a clue. It's not something that you would expect him to do. Jesus, on the day of his resurrection, he's got 40 days to show the world, to tell the world that he is the Son of God. And what does he do? He goes on a walk with two travellers, two people. We don't know um, who these people were, but they're going in the wrong direction. They're going in the wrong direction. They're going to this place, a town called Emmaus. Now, there's not that much that's known about this place called Emmaus. Scholars would say that Emmaus is an insignificant town. It's insignificant because we don't know very much about it. But Jesus died in Jerusalem. The Passover feast had just taken place in Jerusalem. Jesus had said that the promised Holy Spirit was going to come in this place, Jerusalem. And because these guys are going on this seven mile walk to this town called Emmaus, they're arguably going in the wrong direction. Because if they truly believed that Jesus was going to resurrect from the dead, then they would have waited. They'd have stayed in Jerusalem. They'd have waited for Jesus to rise from the dead. But they're confused. They're sad. They're concerned. They thought that Jesus was the one. And what does Jesus do? Jesus comes alongside them and he walks with them in their disappointment. He walks with them in their pain. And they didn't invite Jesus to come and walk with them. They didn't say a prayer. They didn't go to church. They didn't sing a hymn. They didn't memorize a verse from scripture. But Jesus walks with them. He listens to their conversation. He hears their pain. And you know, Jesus does exactly the same with us. Whatever we may be doing in this pandemic, at this time, whether it's sitting on our sofa at home, whether it's doing our normal work, whether it's because we're retired, whatever we're doing, where we're going through the highs and the lows of life, Jesus promises to walk with us in those times that he will never leave us. And he hears the cries of our hearts. That's my first point that I'm going to make this morning, is that Jesus walks with us in our pain. Jesus walks with us in our suffering. And as these travellers, they're on this road, they're talking and they're sharing their disappointments with each other. Verse 15, we read that as they talked and they discussed these things, these events that took place, how they hoped that Jesus was the one that was going to save them from their sins. And yet they didn't think it had happened. Now I wonder, maybe as they're taking this walk together, they're not just talking about these things, they're talking about other disappointments in their life. Maybe family members were going through divorce. Maybe they were talking about broken relationships, job loss, things that had gone on in their lives that, that they're only talking about because they're going on this walk together. And Jesus comes up and he walks alongside them. He doesn't politely ask them, guys, can I join your discussion? He just joins, he takes over, as he always does. You see, I think God has got a sense of humour because what Jesus asks next is a question. He says, guys, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You know, as if Jesus doesn't know what they're talking about anyway. And then what these two travellers start to do is they start to tell Jesus what happened to Jesus. They tell Jesus what happened to Jesus. God has got a sense 
of humour. But Jesus listens. He lets them talk. He doesn't inter interject. He doesn't interrupt their conversation. He lets them talk about their pain, about their disappointment, about the things that have gone on in, in their lives. And at this point we read that, that these travellers didn't recognise Jesus. They didn't recognise him. So they're talking to someone as they would anyone else. Jesus walks alongside them in their pain, in their discussion. And the same is true for us. How many of us want to see Jesus? How many of us want to see God active in our lives? Do we let him in? Do we recognise his presence when he's right there with us in the midst of our pain? This journey doesn't start with making complete sense. This journey starts with faith. It's about having faith that Jesus is with you every step of your journey, every step of your life, whether it's in the highs or whether it's in the lows, in the good times and in the bad times. Jesus promises never to leave us or forsake us and he joins us in our pain, he joins us in our suffering. Another point, second point that I'd like to make is that what's happening to these disciples only made sense when they sat down. What's happening to these disciples only made sense when they sat down. Verse 28, we read that as they approached the village and Jesus continued on as if he were going further. And Jesus says, guys, thanks for the company. It's been great. It's been great to have a chat. I'll see you later. I've got things to do. But it says in the Bible that, that they urged him to stay with them. Please, Jesus, come and stay. They offer Jesus hospitality. And I wonder... If it's because they offer Jesus this hospitality that Jesus agrees to stay with them. Jesus goes to their home and he stays with them. And the Bible says that as Jesus was at the table, he takes over again, as he always does. He takes the bread and he breaks the bread before them. As his body was broken on the cross. And as he gives the bread to these disciples. You know, I'm no scholar. I'm no theologian. But I wonder, as Jesus broke the bread, as he gave it to his disciples, the disciples saw the scars in his wrist. They saw the pain that Jesus had endured on the cross. And that is the moment that their eyes are open. That is the moment that they recognise that it's been Jesus all along, that Jesus reveals himself to them through the bread and through the wine. Jesus reveals himself to those two travellers on their road to Emmaus, in their pain, in their suffering. Sometimes we see him in the broken places more than we see Jesus in the blessed places. Sometimes we see Jesus in the broken places more than we see him in the blessed places. What is it I want to say to you this morning? Many of us are experiencing pain, suffering, we're going through job loss, family breakdown, things going on in our lives that, that we didn't think would happen but are happening at this time. And what does Jesus have to say? I think we can take encouragement from this story that Jesus joins us in our pain. Jesus walks alongside us in the good times and in the bad times. That he doesn't leave us, that he doesn't forsake us. And maybe today you're feeling helpless Maybe today you feel like giving up, you feel like throwing in the towel. 
But I think what Jesus wants to say to us through this story is that he is there, that he is with us, that he will not leave us, that he will not forsake us, that he walks with us in our pain. And I'd encourage you today, like these two travellers had their eyes opened, for you to ask God today, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see the truth of who you are. Open my eyes to see your wonder, to see your Holy Spirit at work in my life. God, what are you doing in this moment? To search for God, to seek God and to find God and to know ultimately that God is with you at this time. I'm just going to say now a short prayer for us this morning. And I want to invite you, if you feel comfortable to do so in your home, just to, to put out your hands to receive from God, to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit is going to come, that the Holy Spirit came on that day of Pentecost and filled the disciples. And he does the same for us today. So if you feel comfortable, put out your hands to receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray for us this morning that God would be with us, that we would know his presence with us during this time. Father God, thank you so much for what you did on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that on the cross you joined us, that you died in our place, that you took the pain, that you bore the suffering, Lord. Thank you that you promised to walk with us in our pain through the good times, through the bad times. Lord, you are always there. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal yourself to us today. And I pray, Lord, for anyone watching this who, who hasn't experienced you, who would like to know more about you, Lord, I do pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit now, that you would reveal yourself. Lord, I pray that for those who do know you as well and for those experiencing these tough times at this moment. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, come upon them, fill them with your presence, with your power, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. What's exciting is that Jesus still reveals himself to people today. That was my experience uh, when I did an Alpha course many years ago. And what's also exciting is that on Wednesday evening we started our first online Alpha course. Many of you know I'm very excited and passionate about Alpha. We started our first online course on Wednesday evening, which was a huge, huge success. Jesus reveals himself to us today. And if that's something that you would like to be a part of, if you'd like to join the online Alpha, if you'd like to set one up for yourself and you can either have one person join or you can have a big group join, then we'd love to facilitate that. So please do just email in, ask us to, to help you set that up and we'd be very delighted to be able to do that. Um, but Jesus reveals himself still today and I've seen many lives changed by the power, by the presence of God, by the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. So thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in this morning. We're now going to hear um, a reflection from one of our members of our congregation, Jamie, um, who's really been impacted by these verses this last week. So watch the screen. Today's reading is from one of my favourite passages in Luke's Gospel. As I've been walking recently, I've been thinking about this passage and what it might mean to us as a church as we struggle with COVID-19. I've been thinking about those two disciples, probably walking home after that first Holy Week, and thinking about their mixed emotions. And some of us, we're afraid. We're worried about our own health. We're worried about the health of the people we love. And for some of us, we're experiencing frustration. 
and I know that some of us have experienced bereavement at this time. And we can be like the disciples. We can talk about what's going on around us and what's been happening recently. And as we do, we take our eyes off Jesus and we stand still and look down. On my walk, I was thinking about what Jesus might be doing and saying at this time. And I've been thinking about that question, where is Jesus in all of this? And I felt my heart burning inside me as Jesus took me on a fast track tour through the Old Testament, like he did those disciples. And I wondered, is it a coincidence that my Bible readings recently have been around the plagues and how God wanted his people free to worship him? And I've been thinking about the passage in 2 Chronicles, which some people are saying relates to bushfires in Australia and locusts in Africa. And I'm wondering if that's coincidence. But if it is coincidence, we can't lose sight of the fact that God also wants us to repent and to pray for his kingdom to come. As I was finishing thinking about this passage, I started thinking about the other disciple. I call them the faceless, nameless disciple. And I know there are lots of faceless, nameless people in our church family. They might be care workers, key workers, nurses. They might be shopkeepers or working in the logistics trade. They're people working tirelessly to bring help and relief in this situation. Or they might be people who are just helping their neighbours and going and get prescriptions and doing some shopping for them. But the thing about the faceless, nameless disciple is that they're central to the story, we just don't know their name. And it's made me wonder, where are we as a church in this? And I think God might be saying to us that church is different now. We, get, we need to get used to a new normal. And we need to remember that Jesus has no hands and feet on earth, but ours. And we need to remember these are times to preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Loving God, we pray for our hospital here in Winchester. And we thank you for the many women and men who work there uh, in all the different roles that they have. And we pray for our hospital at this time of crisis. And we pray, loving God, uh, that you would bless and protect every single member of staff. We pray too for the chaplaincy team and ask that they may be lights for the gospel at this difficult time. We pray for the patients in the hospital, for your blessing and protection on each one. And Lord, we pray that even in very trying and difficult circumstances, there would be peace and love and compassion in our hospital. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we pray too for our prison and we thank you for the men and women who work there. Uh, we pray for their protection as we pray for the protection of all those who are in the prison at this time. And we do pray especially for Cliff and David and the chaplaincy team 
And we pray, loving God, that you would uphold them at a time when there is so much less uh, that they can do with so many things on lockdown. Uh, And Lord, we pray uh, that uh, Christian faith and hope and love uh, would still be a feature of prison life. And we pray for staff uh, and for prisoners, all of them concerned about uh, staying well, and pray that you would reassure them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we pray too for uh, Winchester Basics Bank at this time. Lord, we pray as demand continues to rise that you would give to Winchester Basics Bank all the resources that they need. Pray, loving God, for all those who volunteer at the Basics Bank, that you would keep them safe and help them to show love and care to all the people who need their help. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we pray too for our church at this time of uncertainty where so much is different. Uh, We thank you that we are a church without walls. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that each of us have uh, to share our faith and to be people of compassion and light and hope and grace. Please, Lord, sustain us uh, through this time. Uh, Please, Lord, uh, give us hope and laughter and confidence. Help us to enjoy our times of worship and learning together and bring us safely, thriving, flourishing through this time, we pray. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.
we have Eric Smith with us this morning, one of our wonderful members of our congregation. Uh, Eric has some very exciting news to share with us all this Sunday, uh, and we're hoping that we'll be able to share with you a letter that uh, dear Eric received in the post. Recipients, they say, are selected because of their Christian service they've rendered to the church and community. Oh, um, which they would not otherwise be honoured. So it's 94 men and mm. 94 women will mm. receive the more they give. Yeah. And this relates, of course, to the age of the sovereign. Yes. She's 94 this year. Yeah. And am I right in thinking that that means she gives out more money? Uh, is it a penny for every year? Yes. Or, so you've got 94p, did you? I've got, yes. The red purse contains the traditional sum five pounds fifty yeah this year the five pound coin commemorates the 250th anniversary of the birth of william wordsworth that's the the larger coin yeah the parrot defense coin portrays team great britain in the 220 olympics oh fantastic the white purse contains monday corn coins silver pennies two pennies three pennies four pennies totaling 94 pence in all. So how did it feel to receive the letter? Oh, well, I was, I was quickly overwhelmed. Mm. I, I couldn't understand why uh, I, I'd received such a letter. And, and can you, for those who don't know much about you, what did you, um, what have you been doing uh, over the last few years? What kind of Christian service do you think the Queen might be uh, pointing to as a thank you? Well, um, I've been a Christian now for about 70 years. Um, I've moved around the country a bit because of my job. I've uh, been in the NHS now. For, I was in for 40 years, retired 30 years ago. So it's a long time ago. Uh, moving around the country, uh, I've always been interested in young people's work. I, I ran Pathfinders in Chichester. I ran Pathfinders in Stamford in Lincolnshire. And I ran Pathfinders when I came to Winchester, when I came to Winchester in 1971, dear old Gordon Guinness said to me, what have you been up to? Where, where, what's your service? And I told him, and he yeah. said, well, we, I think uh, Pathfinders for you, my boy. So, yeah. in, uh, and I, with uh, one or two others, we, we ran Pathfinders for 10 years in uh, Winchester before I then became a church warden and then a, what was then called pastoral leaders. Mm. And uh, we've always run a house group in our house for uh, ever since I can remember, going back, oh, 30, 40 years, I suppose, now. Mm. So it sounds like you've done lots of service in the NHS and discipleship and inspiring people yeah. in, into faith. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, and, I, you know, on behalf of the whole yes. community, well done. Uh, and it's great to be able to share in this joy with you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been great to be together. I am still really missing going to church and seeing you all, but this is the next best thing. Now, next week, um, we are gathering stories about scars. So if you have a story about how you got a scar, then Simon or Jack would love to hear from you.
Now I have a story of getting a scar when I was eight years old so you must tune in next week and hear my story but please please if you also have a story that you would like to share with us we would love to hear it so contact Jack or Simon with your story please. Also just to say that our Easter and Holy Week podcasts and reflections are still on our website and on our Facebook page. So if you miss them, please do tune in and uh, listen to them if you'd like. Finally, just to let you know, we have been able to bless our local residential home, Westacre, with a hamper of goodies. We just wanted them to know that their local church was thinking about them and praying for them at this time. And so we got together a lot of um, dried food and chocolate and things to bless them and have delivered that to them this week. And so if we could always remember to keep praying for them and other care homes in our area. Thank you very much. Good to see you. We now come to the end of our service and it's just been great to have you with us. I'm just going to finish now with a short prayer, which is from St Benedict. O gracious and holy Father, give us wisdom to perceive you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you, through the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Lord bless us and preserve us from all evil, and keep us in eternal life. Amen. Amen. And now there's some time for you to go and get uh, a drink, tea or coffee or something, and then come back in about 10 minutes, and then we can have a bit of discussion and further chat about the service or whatever you want to talk about. Bye-bye.